This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Jason with Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW's TV show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. The man across the studio from me is Scott Chasen of Fog.net. Scott, I hope you had a few days off. It's kind of weird in our profession. When you're taking thing days off, there, it means there's nothing happening on the board. <laughs> yeah, well, Fitz, I had a very nice Christmas, and my Christmas present to you, I will not bring up our predictions this week until we get to that segment. It's beautiful. It was wonderful. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show on Twitter at the drive 13. And of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of the drive, you can listen to an audio only version, audio only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at both gopowercat.com and fog.net. We start things off with our two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Scott, before Kansas left for its Christmas break, the Jayhawks recorded a blowout win over West Virginia. I felt it deep in my soul. (laughs) How good did the Jayhawks feel heading into the holiday? Well, Fitz, uh, I think they felt great. And, And this Kansas team has been so interesting, enigmatic. I don't know if that's the right word, but they've played so many close games. And this was finally one where they just blew somebody out. And yes, it was a close game at half, but West Virginia had a guy go six of six from three in the first half. That wasn't going to keep up. Kansas led by 20 late in this game. And, you know, look, think back to where this Jayhawk team has been this year. They beat Kentucky in a close game. Kentucky's not very good, but still anytime you beat a college basketball blue blood, that's going to be a a big deal. They get a top 10 win over Creighton, but again, it's only by one point. They go win at Texas Tech. Again, it's only by one point. Finally, they have this game, another top 10 win against West Virginia that in the second half just turns into a blowout because of what you see right there, the three-point shooting. And Fitz, at a certain point, you have to stop apologizing for winning and apologizing for how you're winning and just enjoy that you are winning. This Kansas team is ranked number three in the country, and I've heard people ask, you know, should they be worried their margins are so close? Well, Fitz, until they lose a game, no, there's no reason to be worried, especially because they're winning in so many different ways. The Jayhawks have had games earlier this year where they've done it on the defensive end, where they've had bench players step up. Against North Dakota State, Tyon Grant Foster, eight rebounds, two blocks, two steals, comes out of nowhere and he's the guy. Uh, Against Texas Tech in this most recent game before the West Virginia game. You know, you think about Ocha Abaji, what he did all game, 23 points, then hits the game-winning shot. It was the three-point shooting against West Virginia, a matchup that people thought West Virginia would have the advantage inside. They probably did, although it didn't play out that way. And Kansas goes to the perimeter. This Jayhawk team has three different players shooting 40% from three. One of them is Marcus Garrett, who is quite frankly not a very good shooter. It's very low volume, but if they're leaving him wide open and he's making the shots he does take, 
three of three against West Virginia. That's a huge deal. Christian Brown, Ochai Abaji, obviously shooting great from three. Jalen Wilson's at 38% from three. The Jayhawks have more guys on the bench. Bryce Thompson, Tyon Grant Foster, Latrell Jussell, who's probably the last guy on the bench all of whom can hit threes. This is a good defensive team that's finding an identity on offense. Fits. they are freeing the three, and it's working. It's, it's incredible. you got a guy from West Virginia that is on fire from three-point range, and yet after the game, you're talking about KU's three-point shooting, mm-hmm. not West Virginia's. It was a really remarkable performance mm-hmm. by Kansas. And Bill Self says shoot the three, which is no coach has ever told me to do that, so I thought that was interesting. And they go out and make a bunch. Mm-hmm. This is incredible. 16 made threes, one mm-hmm. off the record for conference play, 17. Yeah. Well, Kansas State closed out its pre-Christmas schedule with an easy victory over Jacksonville to move to 4-5 and five on the season. Fitz, what is the next step this young K-State team needs to make? Yeah, you know, Scott, we saw them start to settle into some roles. And what I mean by that is guys are figuring out what they need to do to help the team in the bigger picture. And, and probably leading that way is sophomore Dejuan Gordon, who continues to take three-pointers. He made, actually, I think three of six against Jacksonville, so that was a good sign, but he's been dreadful all year. But what he's done is he's had two double-doubles by getting to the free-throw line and rebounding and doing a bunch of blue-collar things. And here's the news for Dejuan. That's what you need to do. And if you can hit three-pointers on top of that, that's great. But don't let your game be defined by being a three-point misser. Trust me, I know. So uh, go out and do those blue-collar things. Davion Bradford comes to, his, comes to K-State with his game extremely well edited. He knows what he is. He's a seven-footer that shoots around the basket. He's got to pick up his defense and do some more rebounding. But overall, he has a great understanding. Nigel Pack as a point guard also has his game really well-defined for a young player. Everyone else needs to settle in into some roles. And it's really not up to me to decide those roles, but if they can figure out how to work and be a sum greater because of their parts, uh, I think this could be a pretty decent team. Now, what do I mean by decent, Scott? You've got to understand that this is a team loaded with newcomers and freshmen. So when I say decent, I'm saying if they play 18 Big 12 games and win six, I would be happy with that because it's all part of the process. You know, when Baylor came into K-State and just beat the you-know-what out of K-State, it was because Baylor was old and K-State was young. Well, those times will change eventually, but what you need is more experience, more understanding, and time to pass, and pretty soon you'll be the team beating the snot out of everyone else. (laughs) You just have to get there and understand how's the best pathway to do that. Yeah. Fitz College Sports, they're so, not weird, I think different is the right word, because you do have these rebuilding teams where in a year, in two years, it can be so dramatically different, yet it's all the same pieces that are finally maturing and coming together. Yeah. Really interested to see how that all sort of meshes throughout this it's year. It's going to be really fun, and they've got a lot of really good, talented young players. Well, Scott, uh, right now it seems that Baylor and Kansas are the two best teams in the Big 12. Here's what I want to know. Good luck with this. Who do you think <laughs> is next after that? Well, Fitz, if you had asked me this question a week and a half ago, I might have given you a different answer. I might have said Texas Tech. I might have said West Virginia. I mean, they played Gonzaga closer than Kansas played Gonzaga. Kansas is ranked number three. So uh, that would give you an idea. But how decisive Kansas was handling West Virginia, some of the cracks you're starting to see with so many newcomers being worked into the fold. Uh, You know, for Texas Tech, that actually leads me to believe that it could be a Texas Longhorns Mm. team that 
you know, look, they, they do have a loss. They lost to Villanova earlier in the year, but they brought back just about everyone, their top 10 contributors. And then you think about adding a five-star freshman, Greg Brown, to the front court. That is a very good and complete team. Now, if you want to argue the counter side of this, West Virginia, they have the front court that pretty much no one else, you know, maybe a couple teams in the nation, but but that's it, can match. You think about Oscar Shibway, who is an absolute animal in the paint, and then you think about Derek Culver, a returner who has experience, who's a little bit more versatile. Both of those guys with all Big 12 potential. That's a really good team. Texas Tech is a really good team. Fits for my money. I want Texas. I like their athleticism. I like their versatility. I like the number of guys who can play two ways. And they're having a few guys really start to develop as three-point shooters. I I think it's Texas. All good points. I'm a little astonished at how West Virginia is underachieving right now. They do have incredible post presence. Great big men who aren't playing that great right now as a collective. And it, it just has to be incredibly frustrating to hugs to see his big men uh, not really dominate the way they should. I like Texas's talent. I don't like Shaka Smart's hair. Uh, and I don't think Shaka is that great of a coach. I'm not sure what the hair had to do with anything. But uh, give me Texas Tech. And for one reason, you want me to name a player? I'm going to name Chris Beard because that dude can coach. Mm-hmm. And as this season progresses, he's going to put together the Red Raiders and get them better and better as they go. So I think uh, if anyone's going to crawl up in there and mess around with those top two teams, <laughs> it'll be Texas Tech. But let's be honest, KU and Baylor are elite nationally and might be Final Four teams. Yeah, fits two quick points on Shaka Smart. One, only been out of the first weekend of the NCAA tournament one time. That's cause for concern. Two, Shaka Smart getting hair advice from Tim Fitzgerald. That is a legendary moment of this program. Mm-hmm. Go bald. Man, you just got to go bald. Now, a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Well, last week's question was, how many teams should be in contention for the college football national championship? Get this. I, I love the results here. A was two. That got 1% of the vote. 1%. B was four, the current setup, that got 3%. So 96% of you think the the college football playoff needs to be expanded. 80% of people, I think, got this one right. Eight feels like the right number for the college football playoff. 16, got 16%. That's kind of funny. I admire the person who voted for two. (laughs) They're wrong, but I admire (laughs) that they are such a traditionalist, they're going to stick with the two. Unbelievable. This four thing they're doing now is just crazy. It's out of hand. This week's question is this. Who wins the Big 12? We're talking men's basketball this season. Your choices are A, number two, Baylor, B, number three, Kansas, or C, number 10, Texas, or D, other. If you're a K-State fan who's really optimistic, vote (laughs) D and vote on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. Well, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on The Drive. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back to The Drive. As we continue our weekly two-minute drill, the two-minute drill is sponsored by 
Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Scott, in the first segment, segment you mentioned three-point shooting. What about the interior player? Are the Jayhawks close to figuring it out in the front court? You know, Fitz, I kind of think they are. It starts with David McCormick. It really ends with David McCormick. They have other names in there. Mitch Lightfoot obviously comes off the bench, but uh, David McCormick has been the guy that Bill Self has kind of indicated really needs to put it together. Fitz, I think there's sort of a, a wrong idea out there about David McCormick. Bill Self said before the year he could lead the team in scoring. I, I think that was probably based off what they were seeing behind the scenes, but I don't think David McCormick needs to be great for the Jayhawks. I think David McCormick needs to be good so Kansas can be great. And the distinction I draw there is because what you're seeing in all these highlights, Kansas has so many players who can affect a game, who can change a game, and do so many positive things that aren't big men, that are guards, that allow them this ability to go five out when they need, that allow them to shoot the three, that allow them uh, to drive, to get into lanes, to kick, to move the ball. They don't need to be throwing it into the big man every, you know, 10 times a game, 15 times a game, committing turnovers, trying to pass it in tight when they're uh, not so great at that. What they need from that big man spot, positional defending, good screening, passing out of double teams, make a shot on the inside when it's available, and David McCormick is starting to figure that out. This is a guy who has two double-doubles in his last three games. Oh, by the way, look at that pass against Creighton. David McCormick to the corner, Jalen Wilson, game-winning three-point shot there. David McCormick is getting closer. It's starting to come around defensively too. The Jayhawks have done some really creative things to get him engaged. They tried drop coverage against Creighton, allowing him to kind of stay back on ball screens, stay in the paint. And really, it puts a lot of pressure on the guards, but it keeps him in a more natural position. They played a little bit of zone against Texas Tech, same thing. David McCormick gets to stay in the paint, gets to be, he's less of a, a rim protector, but he is a lane protector just because he's so big and has that size. They're trying to make him comfortable, not so that he can be an All-American, not so that he can average 20 points a game, but just so that he can be good enough because when you're good enough at your fifth spot on the floor, as the Jayhawks saw with Landon Lucas a few years ago, that allows your best players, your Jalen Wilson, your Ochai Abaji, your uh, Christian Browns, that allows those guys to be really good. It makes life easier for Marcus Garrett. And now all of a sudden, Kansas can play at a higher level. They can still go five guards if they need. It's all sort of this equation. I think they're starting to figure it out. Got to have all five pieces working together or it doesn't work at all. And he really is beginning to find his game and how it fits in right now with this new KU team. Yeah, well, fits. The Kansas City Chiefs struggled on Sunday but pulled out a 17-14 victory over Atlanta to capture home field advantage in the playoffs. Even at 14-1, and the Chiefs offense appears a bit out of sync. Will the Chiefs be able to win another Super Bowl this year? Well, I, I don't know if you watched that game on Sunday. It was crazy. First of all, apologies to K-State fans. I'm not going to talk more K-State basketball. Just not doing it. And I want to talk about the Chiefs because they are, they did earn the bye. Uh, and there's only one bye in each conference this year. So they're the number one seed in the playoffs on the AFC side. But they stunk today. The Falcons were the better team. Tip of the cap to former K-State defensive coordinator Raheem Morris, the interim coach for the Falcons who is doing a great job with him, and I hope uh, he gets that head coaching job. Look, the Chiefs offense is loaded. They have so much talent, so much skill, and yet they seem to just kind of go through the motions, and oh, when it was time to go win a game, they went and won the game, and that's really the bottom line. They have the capability of flipping it on. They almost waited too long this weekend, and almost lost this game. And in fact, this game should have gone to overtime by all rights. And somehow a really good kicker missed a short field goal, but that's the way football works sometimes. 
The Chiefs in that manner seem a little bit blessed, Scott. They seem to get a lot of breaks. For example, there was a interception by the Falcons that was dropped just at the last second that would have probably closed out the win for the Falcons. Instead, on the next play, the Chiefs threw the game-winning touchdown pass. Patrick Mahomes threw the pass. Well, I mentioned that because they ran a really strange play in fourth down where they decided to throw the ball, but it wasn't Patrick Mahomes. It was some kind of tricky play where they're all in motion. Remember the spinning thing from the Super Bowl? They did that, and it ended up being an interception. They just seem bored, and they need to redefine themselves and get back on track, and maybe the playoffs will wake them up. Yeah, Fitz, for Patrick Mahomes, it's a different standard right now. He's being judged by MVPs and Super Bowls and nothing else because you have a championship window. It's tricky, but it's what the Patriots had to deal with. It's what the, the Colts with Peyton Manning had to deal with. You know, I look at Patrick Mahomes' last six games. Three of the performances have not been good enough in terms of if you want to go win a Super Bowl, if he plays like that, they're going to get bounced from the playoffs. And yet they're still winning. I think what that tells you is that there's still so much of this factor of what you mentioned, that they can turn it on, that other teams play afraid of them. You know, the Falcons had a chance to go for a touchdown and go for the win. They took a few shots at the end zone. But Fitz, they burned 30 seconds of clock on that final drive just because they were afraid of giving it back to Patrick Mahomes. Oops, then you miss a field goal, you're out of time. And, you know, you really wish you had gone kind of all out and continued yep. to play for that touchdown. So I think they can still win these games like they're doing. But I, I agree, he's got to turn it on to a new level. It's crazy. Great teams, though, are often defined by their ability to win games in which they don't play well, and the Chiefs are doing that. And now we step out of bounds, and Out of Bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, Christmas was on Friday. Fitz, let's give one Christmas present to Kansas, Kansas State basketball. I'll start with Bill Self and what Bill Self was hoping to find under his stocking this holiday season, then we'll kick it to you uh, with Bruce Weber. And you know, the thing I think of for Bill Self, right now, this Kansas team has a lot of pieces. It's doing a lot of things well. The one thing that's kind of lacking, and Bill Self brought this up when I asked him about it, is just having fun. It's fun to win. It's fun to play basketball. But it's hard when you're bubbled up. You're stuck for months. You can't interact with anyone. That's why KU made the decision to send players home for the holidays. Bill Self acknowledged that it was not, you know, the safest thing in terms of COVID. But he said for the mental health of the players, it was just important to give them a chance to be around their family. He said you'd get to January and February and you'd feel uncomfortable. Oh, by the way, I chose the highlights here uh, from this Omaha game because Kansas won by 45. It was a lot of fun. But Bill Self is looking for that fun off the court. He threw out top golf or maybe a movie night, doing something just to get the guys together, build some camaraderie. I think that's what Bill Self wants for Christmas for this KU basketball team. I think he wants them to have some fun. Well, uh, for Kansas State, I, I think the gift is the player who hasn't played yet, so he won't be in any of these highlights. It's freshman guard forward Luke Kasupki, who is coming back from a foot injury, and he is the outside shooter of this class. And why I think that's important is if you have someone that can consistently hit those three-pointers, it will stretch defenses and create lanes of penetration for guys like Mike McGrill, Dejuan Gordon, and Nigel Pack to get into. Uh, and if you can spread out an opposing defense, uh, it's really going to make life a lot easier for Kansas State. Luke's not going to be a starter. He will be a role player, and it might take him a while to settle in. But if he can consistently hit about 40% of his threes, it'll be a big gift for K-State. And honestly, they haven't had someone that consistently shoots like that from the outside in a long time. An outside shooter can change so many things. I mean, hey, we just talked about the West Virginia game against Kansas. Guy goes six for six, all of a sudden it's a one-point game, yep. you know. 
Uh, now let's hear from the fans, and our fan question this week is, who do you think would be more successful, Chris Kleiman coaching K-State basketball or Bill Self coaching KU football from Marcus in Topeka? Fitz, take it away. I love it. I love this question. My dad was a football coach, was a football player in high school, and he went out for the basketball team, and when he tackled the opposing player, they told him he <laughs> couldn't play basketball anymore. Uh, look, these two sports are wildly different, so I wouldn't expect either coach to know the X's and O's, but I'm going to pick Bill Self with football because football you have offensive and defensive coordinators. You might even have a special teams coordinator. So the actual X and O's can fall to someone else while you manage the psyche of the team and manage your coaching staff. He does that well with basketball. He could do that with football too. Yeah. Fitz, my dad was also a coach, although being as short as I am, that him coaching my basketball teams, I think that stopped in first or second grade. I led the team in deflections, though. I'm pretty sure I still nice. have that record for Darnaby nice. Elementary School, if you want to go look up. The deflection record. Yeah, if you want to look up the record books. At least that's what my dad told me. I'm, I'm sure he was telling the truth. No, look, Chris Kleiman's a winner. So I think he would win if he were coaching anything. He could coach the chess team, and I feel pretty confident that he would get things going. I do tend to think Bill Self would be a really good football coach, particularly college football. He could fit that Les Miles mold of the motivator who takes the right risk at the right time and, and you know gets a couple guys playing well and, and figures it all out. But I agree with you. I actually think it would be easier for a basketball coach to go to football than probably vice versa. Remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter. Twitter at the Drive 13. When we return, we will look at our predictions here on the Drive. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now it's time to take a look at our predictions. I don't want to do it, but it's the segment. <laughs> Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Here's last week's results. The viewers went 0 and 3. I went 0 and 3. Scott went 2 and 1. I think we're done <laughs> looking at these. Uh, that makes me 0 and 6 over the last two weeks. That's how good I've been. Mm. Let's start with this week's picks. Number 10, Texas, plus six and a half at number three, Kansas. I'm going to pick against Kansas here, Fitz. Kansas has helped me out this year in terms of predictions. That's so many points. I think Texas is the third best team in the Big 12. Kansas to win, Texas to cover. Okay, Kansas will win by more than seven, I say. Next is TCU, minus four and a half at Kansas State. Fitz, I'm going TCU even on the road. Oh, I'm taking the Cats, and they're going to win outright. <laughs> That's what I say. Our last game of the week is number two, Baylor, minus 14 and a half at Iowa State. Will Baylor win by 15 or more in Ames? Fitz, I took Baylor on a 24-point line, so I have to take them on a 15-point line. Give me Baylor. Go clones. <laughs> Again, make your picks on our Twitter page at the Drive 13 Now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One. Buy local for a strong local community. Let's start with Scott Chasen. 
if it's just a little bit of time here. So I'll just mention Dewan Harris. You talk about surprises, Christmas presents, all these things. Well, what a pleasant surprise he's been for Kansas with his defense, with his passing. He's changed this bench unit, maybe in contention to start down the line. A very good player for the Jayhawks. Well, 2020 hasn't been any fun. And if you're a K-State sports fan, it really kind of petered out at the end. Football lost its last five and basketball is struggling. It'll all be okay, folks. And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.